0: Really, of all the ochres, she's the meatiest.
1: You are like a... a... earlobe. You're just there, just wobbling. You stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerve-herder!
0: Dirt-eating piece of slime? You scum-sucking pig? You son of a motherless goat! You are a sad, strange little man. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Oh, right, to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. You are a smelly pirate hooker. You look
1: like a blueberry. It's the Sadie and Sean Have No Friends podcast. Hey guys this is sadie and welcome to episode number 23 i think it is um sadie and sean have no friends thank you so much for listening and uh sean how are you today
0: i'm beautiful
1: okay um you were just telling me off the air that there are some things that have been keeping you up at night and i'd like no, to it's know it's one what, thing oh it's one, okay it's one thing keeping you up at night
0: And it's so weird that this has been like resurfacing in my mind lately, but true story. So I had a, I don't even know if it was a near death experience because I don't know what would have happened for sure, but it felt, it felt like a true near death experience. And in the moment, I don't even know that it felt like a true near death experience. And this happened 15 years ago, probably too. And so now it's just been recircling in my mind as a near death experience. And it's so weird that it's been popping up. So,
1: okay. What is it? What
0: uh, happened? So I worked at a bowling alley Okay. for a long time. When I was growing up, I worked at a bowling alley and okay. I've always had, I've always had crazy ideas. So one summer, well, not one summer, I did it multiple summers, but many summers, I drove a car in the demolition derby at the Greeley stampede. while I was, I did at the that too alley.
1: one year, but and I, I built my
0: own cars. You, oh, you got did. invited as like a member of the media. This was long before my radio oh, days. No yeah. one, no one knew who I was outside of my family and the people at the bowling alley. And so I built my own cars with my friends. And so and it takes a lot to build these cars. But anyway, it was I was working at the bowling alley and a lot of the tools that we would use to build these cars and to work on these cars would come from the bowling alley because you have to work on the machines at the bowling alley. So they had all the tools that we needed for the cars. And yeah. so the day of the demolition derby came and we, I was really excited. And I had to go to the bowling alley super, super early in the morning to get some of the tools to take to the demolition derby to get ready. Did you get like
1: permission for this or? No, no. (laughs) Okay. I see where we're going here.
0: No, that's you're, you're probably completely wrong.
1: Okay. What happened?
0: So super, super early in the morning. Like the sun was just barely starting to come out. As a matter of fact, it might not have even been out. It might've still been dark. I park in front of the bowling alley, even though I needed to go to the back to get the tools because the front of the bowling alley is where the alarm was. And so I had to go in undo the alarm. Then I was going to go back to my truck, drive around the back and get the tools, load them up and take them up to the demolition derby.
1: This had better be a good story. Cause you're filling us in. Okay. Keep going.
0: So I get in, I unlock the door yeah. And I looked to my left where there normally was an ATM machine. Well, the <gasps> ATM machine wasn't there. And I it instantly made me think that something was weird, but I didn't think too much. So I go in a little bit further and I look to the right where the alarm code button thing was supposed to be. And it's no longer there. It's like ripped out of the wall. Ooh. So then I happened to look Ooh. behind the front desk of the bowling alley where um, I would go around to normally and turn on the lights and stuff the atm is back there all beat to shit oh no that's when it dawned on me that there was a robbery that had taken place and
1: scary were you scared were you kind of like in the moment i wasn't
0: well in the moment i really wasn't that scared i just knew that something was off and i needed to call somebody and so i left and i went to my truck to call the cops or whatever um but there was also a part of me that in the moment was like, maybe I should go look around and maybe I should make sure that nothing else is taken. I'm happy I didn't because I went to my truck and I went to call the cops and called all the people that were in charge of the bowling alley. And I looked to the to the right while well, I'm in my truck, which is the side door. And yeah. I watched this car like an old beater car. A whole bunch of people ran into it and took off. And so come to find out those were probably the robbers because that's the door that they, Did they never get into. caught. No, so here like this is it's crazy but I talked to the cops of course they wanted to question me the most because I was the yeah. one that stumbled upon all of this they never really like thought I was involved in it or anything like that but they they were like there's been a string of murders in this are not murders there's been, a oh of there's been a string of robberies in this neighborhood and we do believe that these people are like crazy like it's a big old like crime scary. Right? and oh. they like had you had you went around the the desk a, anymore, and they they were likely still there because you watched them drive away. They had been um, like using a to cut, j- like a cutting, like a fire yeah. cutting thing to cut open the safe. They were back there because it was still hot when the cops got there. So it was very recent. He's like, who knows what they would have done. To so you,
1: wait, is this your near death pretty. story?
0: Well, th- that's what the cops said. The cops said it would not have been pretty. It's a really good thing that you left and you called us and you didn't go investigate anymore because it's highly unlikely that they would have been like, just get out, get out. They probably Sean, would have done
1: I thought the story would progress and like you were demoing listening derby and you <laughs> got your ass kicked and you got squished between two cars and it was like he's not gonna make it but that is really scary your story completely did throw me off I was not expecting that
0: and so I keep staying up at night here 15 years later or more I don't even know how long ago this was but a long time ago right a long long time ago and and for whatever reason lately I've been like this story's been running through my head and I get like the hot sweats at night thinking about myself going in further and like running into these could have been robbery it. people yeah would they have would they have shot me i would have seen something that they didn't want me to see Would i've this have followed me around my whole life i don't know but i'm very thankful i think my lucky stars that i turned around and left and didn't go in and investigate any further because it would not have been good for me no matter what happened
1: that is so scary, Sean, although the other night I was
0: I, this has been running through my head a lot. It, like it's not a one- time thing, and so the other night it was more like a glass half full scenario, and I was thinking to myself, like, maybe they would have offered me some of the money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: never happens and also then do you want to be tied to these people i mean then you'd probably be their bitch and they'd be like sean remember we gave you that money now you gotta go do these horrible things because we own you now i mean you can't oh see you lucked out you were very blessed in that moment that a lot of bad stuff could have gone down
0: I can't tell you exactly how much I will tell you that the owner of the bowling alley was not very smart in the sense that he should put cash in the bank and not keep cash on hand. But I will tell you that it was a large amount of money that they got away with. And still to this day, have never been caught. And so how much was, how much law. is a large I amount? You, I can't tell you.
1: Okay. Can I just slowly like 5,000?
0: No. Oh, wait, way, wait, 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 way more.
1: 100,000.
0: It, it's in that ballpark. And you can't prove when when it's when it's cash that he can't go to like the insurance and be like, yeah, I had a hundred grand sitting in there. I you can't you can't prove that, right? I and mean so, that
1: that's something that would take a business down. You well, know. Luckily,
0: luckily there was some checks or something too that kept him afloat because that cash is just gone. It's gone. Whoa. Forever and ever and ever.
1: What a payday. And Sean almost ruined it. I've seen many movies where people walk in at the wrong time.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: you legit luck, you, you lucked out.
0: So what I'm getting at with this whole thing though, is like that uh, somebody was talking about near death experiences the other day. And like, I, I, that's the only one where I can like, honestly say, I don't know what would have happened, but to me, that was the closest I've ever been to like near death experience. Have you ever had one?
1: Well, wait, like you've never been like in a car accident Or anything like that.
0: My mom. I have never gotten one when we were younger, but it wasn't horrible.
1: uh, Knock on wood. I've never had a near death experience, but I remember that Anderson Cooper did like a show about near death experiences, like a like a documentary kind of show, and they all made me feel so warm and fuzzy. But then it's like you also hear people who are like, "There was nothing. It was just black." I don't remember anything. It was just black. And then I'm like, oh, no. Oh, that's not good. And then you hear on the other side where people are like, oh, there were flowers. They smelled like my grandmother. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh. And then the you get another guy who's like, it was hot. I don't know what was going on. And I'm like, oh.
0: So it's there good. used to be a show back in the day called I Survived. Did you ever watch that one? Mm-mm. It was real, real stories, real people telling their story of near-death experiences and like true stories. These were true stories. And then they would have reenactments of them as the people are telling the stories. Um, One of the people that was on there one time, but I was obsessed with this show. But one of the people, just for example, was um, one of the students at Columbine High School who who was in the school while the shooting was happening and they were near all of this happening. and so they recounted the story of how they survived the Columbine shooting. but it's stories like that and other stories of people who had been kidnapped and put in the back of trunks and strangled yeah. and sliced right. and, and cut and they survived and, just, they, and, they, they, survived and they, they tell they, they, survived. they tell their story. But one of the things that always I always remembered with almost all of them is when they when they had like accepted the fact that they were gonna die. they knew that they were gonna die. They all in, in their head, they they were thinking about this is how I'm going to die. And their life truly was flashing before them. They're thinking about their best memories and all the people that they love. So not the bowling alley experience. I did think in the moment that I was dying and it was while I was watching this show too. I went to Red Rocks and I don't, I don't <laughs> smoke weed. I never have smoked a whole lot of weed. Never. Your grandpa left point, a
1: long time ago. You're yeah, good. I can
0: tell the story now. So I, I had never eaten weed at the time at all. Not like not even experimented with it. And we were going to this reggae show at Red Rocks and well, so you got me, me and my friend decided that it would be a good idea to get a weed brownie because it's Red Rocks and we're really excited about this show. So we get weed brownies, we take them, we get in line at Red Rocks, you get to the top of the line and we see from like five people before we're to the front of the line that they're checking everybody. And we're like, shoot, we got to get rid of these weed brownies. We're going to get in big trouble. And Did so, you eat them? Did you eat them? My him? buddy, well, my buddy was like, I'm throwing mine away. I'm like, dude, this was like 25 bucks. And at the time, 25 <laughs> bucks was a lot to us. I'm eating mine. So I ate the whole thing. And I do remember that my okay. friend who gave us the weed brownies told us, eat like a quarter of this. And even when you don't feel it or whatever, don't eat anymore. A quarter is it. That's all you get to eat. I shoved the whole damn thing in my oh mouth. Oh, my God.
1: I sean no so
0: before the headliner like? even gets well before the headliner even gets on stage i think that red rocks is a giant slide and i'm gonna slide down in it was bad my mouth got super dry i was so jacked up beyond the drunkest i've ever been in my life i was in bad shape so i tell my friend we gotta leave i i can barely get to the car i'm having to be like pushed and hold, held on what? to and once we got to the car it's like straight up passing out like but super dry mouth like the thirstiest I've ever been in my mouth wow, in my yeah. life and in the moment true in my head I'm thinking to myself this is how I die I'm dying these are laced with something well, I'm dying no, my life is flashing because- before my face the whole I survive thing is coming to me I was dying in that moment I was saying my goodbyes in my head. Have you called the show and they've been like,
1: dumbass, you ate too much of the brownie. That's not an I survived.
0: (laughs) Well, I couldn't call the show because I was incapable of doing anything except for sitting in this car thinking about how thirsty I was. And that's how I was going to die. And then the next morning I was fine. It's weird because you don't get hung (laughs) over. I was just like, woke up and I'm good to go again. Thank goodness I'm still here. I
1: know, but I got to say, I've never had an experience where I have been, been like drunk. Where people have had to carry me out with marijuana, I've never had that. So that is odd. That you, I mean, was it just marijuana, or was it like psychedelic mushrooms?
0: (laughs) I mean, you're not the first person because I've told this story many times. You're not the first person that's like, that's kind of crazy. Like you had to have that's insane. But I might have. Maybe there was just a lot. I don't know. I didn't have anything to drink. There was no alcohol induced in any of this. It was just the brownie whatever was in that brownie, but they do say like, especially with weed edibles, like once you get into paranoia mode and you start getting paranoid, you can't get out. Like whatever's in your head, whatever's in your head that you're scared of, it just continues to get worse and worse and worse. And that certainly happened.
1: Well, yeah, that's just with some different strands. Some people like it and some people don't. I once thought a dude was talking bad about me, uh, like, like a whole room over he was at the other end of the room and i'm like i I remember i kept looking and telling my friends he's talking about me right now that son of a bitch never met this guy and our friend my friends are like i don't think he is and i'm like is no one else hearing this he is talking so he's saying horrible things this poor man was probably out to eat with his wife and they were talking about going to their get their taxes done and i'm like you <laughs> son of a bitch
0: <laughs> Speaking so of so that's people the talking only
1: weirdest thing yeah
0: well people talking trash about you i feel like this is me? the perfect segue yeah this is the perfect segue into Bring a story that I've been wanting to talk about on this podcast for a really long time. We still got half the episode left today, and so the floor is yours, Sadie. Let's talk about the biggest radio war that you ever had in the history of your career, oh, and this gentleman. No, that's, who? Um, but there's so many people that were involved in this that probably listened to the podcast, and they were they they want to hear the inside scoop of what really happened. So I'll start the story. I'll start it for you, and then why you
1: do you want to get me? Into this Yeah, ship. this guy
0: does I I mean, I don't know that I trust this guy still to this day.
1: That's why I I'm saying, Are we really at. gonna go down this road?
0: I don't know where he's at. I will say this before we start this story. Like, I am a friendly person and I want to be friends with everybody. <laughs> I want to be it's friends true. with my enemy. And that's not just me saying it so that he doesn't come shoot me or come stab me or come do whatever he's gonna do to us after we say what we're about to say. But like I, I feel like after all these years, a conversation is fair. And he could give his side of the story and I no. would listen to it. I would I, talk I'm would never i not to him telling again. you, I'm not saying I would listen to him and I would understand, try to understand where he's coming from. And I would be willing to sit down and have coffee or a, a beer or something like that and do that. So anyway, no. here we go. So there's a gentleman who was brought in after uh, there, there was another morning show on the co- yeah. other country station in Northern Colorado. They had been around forever and ever and ever and ever. And, sure. ever, and they were let go. And this was the first show that came in after which was them. such
1: a piss poor move and the way they did it was piss poor. It was. We if we want to really be too. inside baseball, they really got boned. And after that many years of service, it was it's really gross. But go ahead.
0: 30-something, maybe almost 40 years that Brian and Todd had done that show on that radio yeah. station. They had yeah. been there for a really long time. And somebody, again, the king-dingling of radio decided that they, comes they in. needed to do something different. And so they come in and they fire this show that was beloved in Northern Colorado. And and it was sad. But anyway, they bring in this new show with this young dude, good-looking guy, skinny, no. in shape, got tattoos all over his body. Um. Anyway, I he comes in and instantly he feels like he needs to swing his, you know what around and show everybody that he's the new boss in town. And so what happened was there was a a Greeley stampede, Big buckle ball, I believe is what it was. It's like their, their kickoff to the big festival in town, a big party and and everybody gets
1: super dressed up and everybody
0: gets dressed up. Yep.
1: I, I found these shoes. This is so dumb and I hate this story, but I found these shoes and I really liked them and they were kind of like high heels, but they were these gladiator ones with the straps up. And, and then I wore a black dress with them. Not, I didn't think I was being outlandish, Let's but, talk
0: about the shoes just a little bit more because they're very important. So they're high heels and they, they like had str- a guy could explain it by saying they had like string that wrapped all the way up your calf. Yeah.
1: It, I mean, and I don't think that this was that big of a D. De- it wasn't all the way up my calf. It, it went, calf it went up pretty
0: high, high though.
1: It was below my knee.
0: Yeah. Below, that's your calf.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm thinking thigh. I was like, damn, I'm not a hooker. Uh, No shame. But I found these and I just thought they were cool. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wear those with this dress. I didn't even think about it. It wasn't. So we get to this ball and I see this new morning show. And like Sean said, we're pretty like we're pretty chill. And so um, the guy runs up to me. I've never met this guy in my life. (laughs) (laughs) He runs up to me and I'm trying to think of what he said. He said something really weird. And I said, Oh, you know what? You're the new morning show. It's really nice to meet you. And I remember saying, If you ever, I know you're from out of town. So if you ever need anything, just please let me know because that's hard. And And he just go. He goes like this. You have lipstick on your teeth. And he turned and walked away. And I'm like, I looked at the person I was seeing with and I was like, what? What just happened here? So then I didn't even think about it. I was like, well, he's a weirdo. And uh, and then you text me. Because I, yeah,
0: I, I got home. I wasn't at the buckle ball. I wasn't there that night. And so I happened to be at an event. I got done and just winding down, scrolling through Instagram. And for whatever reason, this dude who I didn't know either, I hadn't even met him at this We're point. Like, who are you? He, he had friended me on Instagram or followed me on Instagram. So he pops up on my Instagram story and it's him making fun of Sadie's. <laughs> The gladiator Uh, shoes. And so I honestly didn't really think much of it at the time. I I thought maybe you guys had an inside joke and you got to know each other. I I I didn't know him. Yeah. I sent you a screenshot of it and I was just like, homeboys making fun of your shoes. And all of a sudden wildfire. Well, here's what happened.
1: So I didn't really think about it. I'm like, that's odd. Okay. And then I go home and I get into bed and Sean texts me a screenshot that this guy ha- was making fun of me. And I was just pissed in the moment. Cause I'm like, I was really nice to you. I didn't have to be nice to you because at that time, Scott and I have been on the radio for over a decade. And so we were kind of the new, you know, like bigger people in yeah. the area. People knew yeah. who we were. We've been doing it forever. And I didn't even know who this person was. It was so <laughs> bizarre. And so this is so douchey, but I screenshotted it and I called his ass out and I tagged him and I said, I was nice to you. Like, I was really nice to you. And I I, I didn't have to be nice to you, but I'm a nice person like that. And this is a this is fucked up and it's not funny and it's just stupid. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then it's it is true. All hell broke loose because it got So many comments. People were sharing it. It was like uh, companies were coming out and they're like, we do not stand for what he did. It was like he shot himself in the foot. And so then I'm like, okay, that's done. and, you know, yeah, it
0: doesn't stop there by any means, by this any only, means so then, the tip of the iceberg.
1: Well, then he kept he would go on the air over there and he'd go, I just I know I, I, I made a mistake, guys. And I just want you to know I made a mistake and I shouldn't have done that. It was wrong. And I've reached out to Sadie. We've talked and th- we have never talked. He had never reached. He was lying. And so then I would go and I would go. Hey, Michael, no, no, we've never talked before. You have never reached out to me. So what you're doing again is you're lying. And what's shocking is you're bad at it. I mean, like, you think I'm not gonna see that you wrote this whole long, we had an amazing conversation, are you stupid? And so, so I called him out every time, like you're lying, you're lying. And then I remember I sent him a message privately. And I said, this could not be who you really are. This has to be some sort of, maybe you feel like you have to do some sort of crazy thing to get people's attention, shake up the radio world. But this is not how people act in this area. They do not, they don't like that. They don't like that. And so, um, Sean, take it away to T- t- chapter two
0: Yeah I don't I don't really remember exactly what the next Thing was because you
1: ran away Sean
0: <laughs> well the next The next situation that I remember because there's There's a few more is Then the Greeley Stampede actually happens The actual event and we're standing yeah. in one of those Cattle call lines to go meet One of the artists and yeah. you and me And Scott are standing there and Probably five or six people in front of us Is this gentleman And yep. I I don't even remember why or how it <laughs> happened. But the next thing I remember, and you can fill in the blanks, is you are, like, rushing out of the event, bawling and calling me yeah. and telling me that that guy made so you So what cry. happened
1: was, who were we meeting? We were meeting some artist.
0: Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> what artist. And, you could tell again, me
1: Scott and Scott and Sean and I had been doing the Greeley Stampede for, like, forever forever so we know you know when you're a nice person you know everybody you know the police officers and you know the folks that come out every year and take tickets and you know all the and you're kind to them and because you see them every year and it's just it's a great thing and so we're standing in line and i'm like i'm just gonna ignore him i'm just not gonna ruin my night and he comes up to us filming us with this phone. <laughs> Remember that? And I no, it wasn't his th- phone.
0: It was a full-on voice recorder. It was a it was an oh audio recording device.
1: <laughs> so I kept saying, please stop doing that. Like seriously, <laughs> please stop. That's really weird. And I don't know if you think I'm gonna say like the N-word or lose my mind and kick a puppy and you're gonna catch it and expose me for the horrible person I am. But I remember Sean took off. He saw like shit going down and you were like, Zoink! and then your wife was like, listen here. And she got, <laughs> she was my savior. Shannon was my savior because I was so taken aback because he starts, he gets right in my face and he's filming. And so I, mean, I just felt
0: audio recording, but he was like trying to get you to say something. No, he, no, no, no. He was, he he was, was like filming. saying, say, say it, say it.
1: And I'm Always. like, I don't know what you want. He was filming me, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because um, one of the folks who I've known for a million years out there is a wonderful police officer, and his name is Bob, and he saw that something was going on because this guy was very flamboyant. What are you going to do? What are you, you know, and we're all like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? And so this police officer walks up to me, and he says, Sadie, are you okay? And I said, he won't leave me alone. And the guy points the camera at the cop and says, What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And he goes, He goes, Are you gonna hit me? And this guy goes, For Sadie, I would hit you, which I'll never forget how kind that was. And he goes, oh, really? You're going to hit me? You're going to hit me, police officer? Okay, great. Perfect. This is all I need for my film. Thank you. So then... He leaves that upset me so bad, you know, and it was one of those situations where had I known something was going to happen, I could have prepared myself, but it was just so humiliating. The people waiting in line to meet this artist are clients of ours, people we work with. They're record label people. (laughs) It was just so embarrassing and he would not leave me alone. So then it ended up getting to a place where I had to have someone walk me to my car. They were like, you have to have someone walk you to your car. And he was told he cannot be around me at all.
0: Yeah. So if- I've known you. I've known you for a long time now. And that's the most emotional I've ever seen you. you oh my God. Me and you, were, I couldn't even, I was like, dude, you're going to have to call me back. I can't understand what you're saying.
1: I was so scared. Like I, it, in was hysterics. Just, it was like, it was like, um, just so jarring. He was so in my face and so wanting to fight and so angry. I don't know this person. And so he continues to do these awful things. And then people would come to my defense, which would piss him off towards me even more. And I'd be like, dude, I don't want any part of you just ignore me and I'll ignore you. But, um,
0: Then he crossed the line with me. We were at Cheyenne Frontier Days, which happens like a month later. Oh, I Um, was with you too.
1: And I said, oh, welcome to the game, Sean.
0: Well, you weren't there that night. And so it Mm -hmm. was me and you, well, you might've been somewhere else, but you weren't with me physically and so I was in a line waiting to go somewhere else with one of my kids just me and one of my kids and we were waiting to meet somebody else and he's up there three people in front of me and I haven't really been involved in any of this he doesn't even know I'm the one that sent you the picture I haven't (laughs) I'm just a bystander in this whole thing and all of a sudden he moves from three people in front of me to right next to me and has this audio recorder sets it on this brick wall that they've got like keeping us away from other people and just sets it there and it's and like, like, I'll be recording. I'll be re- yeah. Yeah, I'll be recording this. I'm like, dude, I'm with my kid. What, what, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And so then, of course, I, I didn't even know what to do. But then Shannon finds out about it. And she was like, we're going to war. <laughs> well,
1: listen to this. So I was so upset. And the next day I was so upset. I was so mad at myself for not just kicking him in the dick. But I didn't. And I, I was upset that I was scared that I let this weak asshole make me feel afraid. So I actually came home that night and I was in hysterics and Ryan is like, what happened? And I told him and Ryan got his keys and he drove his ass back to the stampede. Did
0: he really? I didn't know about this. he was
1: looking for him and (laughs) he was gone. He was long gone. So Monday morning comes and Ryan goes into
0: I did know this. I Ryan did know this. goes
1: into uh, their cluster,
0: their radio station,
1: walks right in. And um, you can imagine this dude hiding like a bitch. But Ryan walked in and the front desk lady goes. Hi, what's your name? And he goes, I'm here to see so and so, who is the manager? And she goes, and what's your name? And he goes, Ryan Young. And she goes, Oh, and we've he been goes, expecting you. <laughs> yeah. And so he went, and he, and you know, I should have been, ba- but a part of me is like, I love chivalry. I think that's really attractive. And he went in, and he was like, if he comes near my wife again or harasses her, mm-hmm. like we will sue you. And the guy.
0: Did it stop? And then then? It
1: stopped. Well, because they said they told the guy and then the guy very quickly after got fired. Yeah,
0: it didn't because, last very long. No, we're not going to talk about why.
1: I'm not going to talk about. Oh, I thought why. you
0: were going to say why. Well, that's hearsay. We don't know that for sure.
1: We don't know that. I mean, that it would word. be shocking to find out if it were true.
0: For sure. Well, we're not going to talk about that. But
1: right.
0: it stopped. That was it. You haven't heard from him since.
1: Um, I have, but I can't talk about it right now for real I can talk to you, but I cannot talk about it to, nope. uh, no, but All no, right. I haven't, but I have heard something about him where I'm like shaking my head, like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is I'm one not- of those, this is, this is seriously one of those dudes where I, I have two daughters and this, that scares me. Yeah. People like him frighten me and that's a loose cannon and the anger level i have never seen someone just so angry
0: that was the part that scared me too because like, yeah. when he when he got into these moments you could see it was, was like,
1: like a rage red.
0: yeah there was there was nothing going to stop him in those moments except for physical physical something physical yeah and so, and so yeah it was it was scary i hope that i hope that he got some help and i hope that he understands that there was never really any hard feelings on our end. It was never supposed no, to be No, there was this. hard feelings on Well, there my ended up end. being. there ended up being, but there was never to begin with. It wasn't no, this never wasn't like a ploy. With. It wasn't like we're going to post this picture of the shoes and just make everyone in Northern Colorado hate this guy. That wasn't there was never a plan. It was so
1: that. weird and then like it actually ended up working out very well because we auctioned the shoes off for a domestic violence, yeah. you know, charity and it again Dude, don't be an asshole. Don't don't be an asshole, and good things will happen to you. If you are, people are not going to want to be anywhere around you. That is poisonous behavior. And I just don't like it. And I that honestly, at that time, I told Scott, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. This is not worth dealing with this person. Because it went on for months. It was a month, months. Months, yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. A few, I mean, from the time that the shoe thing happened until <laughs> when Ryan had to ultimately go in, yeah, you're we're, we're talking a few months where you're and when you're in the middle of something like that, that's all you think about, it's all yeah. that plays on your mind. It takes in an industry where you need to be creative every day and you need to be open minded, it just consumes your thoughts and everything and it, it shuts you down. And well, so and was, just you know, I bad. mean,
1: maybe this is a wuss thing to say, but as a woman, it's scary. It scares yeah. me like uh, it's it really shook me. And I remember at that time it was it sucked um, and a toxic people like that. You think, where did you come from? What hurt you? Because like I said, I reached out and said, this cannot be who you are. This has to be like an act that you're putting out there. But I just know this can't be you.
0: Well, Never and I hope that. ultimately I hope ultimately that's exactly what it was. And that's why I said what I said before we told the story, because maybe it was like a a big plan that we're going to stir shit up and we're going to cause controversy and it's going to get our name out there really quickly because we're following in the footsteps of some legends and we have to do something crazy. And so I hope that that's all it was, was we have to do something crazy and you just got caught up as a victim in this crazy stunt. I hope that's not who that person really is. And I really mean that.
1: But he is. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> what a funny we one thank- we
0: gave him today. Sorry, I don't think there was a single laugh on this. Episode. I
1: know. Why? Well, I don't even. I didn't wolf. even know you were going to bring that up. I didn't also, mean Also, I um, I don't even like to talk about it anymore. The shoe thing. For there were a lot of people, including people that were in that building that worked with him, who would tell clients and I'm like, I'm just trying to live my life would say she used that for her advantage. She used that against him. It was just this weird war and I didn't want to be in it. And so I was constantly like, please leave me out of this situation. But it just kept popping up. But Well,
0: because like you said, it it was supposed to stop at the you were upset that he made fun of your shoes. You called him out on social media thinking that you would get 25 likes and people would move on with your life. And we never you never thought that it was going to turn into this thing.
1: It became like a. Big. It turned into a thing. And that's it. That's just what I have. And you know, I probably should have gone home and I probably should have slept on it. But after I got your text, the adrenaline kicked in and I was like, you son of a bitch. I was nice to you. I went out of my way. I was so nice. And you, because then after, you know, it happened, you realize it was all a ploy. He was trying to get my attention because. The other girl who was his partner was taking my picture from behind. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was a, it was a weird, stupid thing. I feel sorry for
0: him. Well, don't be a jerk. <laughs> don't be a bully. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't be and that everything, guy. Yeah. Everything will be all right.
1: Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for listening to this episode of uh, Sadie and Sean have no friends. And we want to say thank you to our friends at the spice and tea exchange in Fort Collins. It's right by next, uh, or it's right next to super target. So it's perfect because you go in there. This is what I do. You go on there first and they've got like postcards everywhere of different recipes. So if you're looking for dinner or a side to bring or whatever, you can get it. Go get your meat at Target and bing, bang, bong. You got dinner, Sean. What do you think of that?
0: What a crazy world we live in. When I grew up, Target didn't have any meat. Now Target has meat and they have stores like the, the Spice and Tea Exchange where you can go and you can doctor up your meat and make it taste good too.
1: That's right. Sean, you're getting so good at this. It's like you do it for a living. All you have to do is go into their locations in Fort Collins. You might see me. I may be hanging out in there smelling things. And tell them the promo code. Sadie has no friends. And you will get 10% off. Or no. Well, yeah, that's the promo code. But I'll I'll ask if she could change it. Sadie has no friends. 10% off. Sean.
0: Cool story, bro.
1: I'm probably going to get murdered now because you've reignited a flame.
0: Well, here's what we'll <laughs> leave you with today. Is if either one of us come up missing in the next few days, you probably know where to look.
1: That's right. Episode 22.
0: <laughs> Three. <laughs> 23. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs>